Hello and welcome to the Eminem podcast. I am Emma and I'm here with Mizzy. <laughs> I love that that um, Mizzy has carried on. Yes, narrow caring thing. Yeah. Just so that I can actually say my name without getting nervous for some reason. You know, just a small thing. <laughs> so, today's episode, we are going to be talking a little bit about, um, well, Apparently, I did, have you heard this that it is second hand September right now? I didn't know until you told me, honestly. Yeah, well, I only know this because a local like vintage shop says that it is, and I'm like, I believe you. But anyway, well, I looked it up. I googled it, and it, results it from thing. Oxfam and the likes came up. So, must be all right. Legit. Okay, so yeah, so with second hand September, us being in September nice we've got a thing going here and i recently (laughs) watched which i'm going to talk more about in a minute um the david attenborough extinction the facts show which was amazing anyway it's on iplayer it was on bbc yeah bbc we're going to be talking about sort of like secondhand recycling sort of things i've got a few questions to bring up to mizzy for us to discuss sort of like i think sort of consumerism and the second-hand movement we just have a little discussion about all that um <laughs> which should be fun i feel like we're getting quite a theme with some of the topics we talk about it's all environmental at the moment yeah well i feel like that that's big interest for both of us so yeah that's and cool that's cool. very topical at the moment yeah but before we start on this we're gonna talk about what we've been watching and that. <laughs> Still working on that jingle. <laughs> yeah, it's changing ever so slightly week on week. Um, and that's just how it's gonna go, frankly. So. You should mash them up together. like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like an Song. awful. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. We can do that. So, what, what? have you been oh. watching? Oh. <laughs> Um, I was going to ask you that but (laughs) I'll go first Um, so the other night I watched a film called The Devil All The Time have you heard of that? it's on Netflix, just came on with Robert Pattinson and Tom Holland and Bill Skarsgård one, I have no idea who Bill Skarsgård is but it rings a bell Alexander Skarsgård or Stellan Skarsgård. The Skarsgård family are a big acting family, Emma, and beautiful Maybe people. Stellan is in Mamma Mia, the dad, um, the blonde dad in Mamma Mia. That's Stellan yeah. Skarsgård. That's why I know um, Skarsgård, but I don't actually Skar- know who that is. I'm sorry, it was Skarsgård. I kind of forgotten what you said, so that I just like tried pre- to <laughs> muddle through. British chaff version of a, a Scandinavian name. <laughs> Skarsgård. Right here. Well, to conclude, I have never heard of that film. Well, but that sounds star studded. Yeah, it's about um, like religion and sinners, and it's set in like the deep American South. And it is, it's like, it's not scary, it's like a thriller. It's scary in parts, I guess, but not like proper, like horror thing. And it's weird in some things you're like Ugh. <laughs> what am i watching but 
it's very well acted and very like it's actually really bloody long now that I think about it. It was like two hours and fifty minutes maybe. Two hours and a half I don't know. But worth it. Hmm. I think now it's hard to sit down and watch a film for longer than two hours. So when you do and you don't notice that it's gone by, that's always a, a good thing. a good film, yeah. Oh, interesting. So is it like religious based or not? Yes, it is. So it's a it has murder in it and like peter peter love talking about pedophilia don't you just can't say the word apparently um pedophilia and uh what else just like several bad things but it's over like three timelines okay Um, and they so you don't get introduced to all the characters at the beginning because like Tom Holland's character is the grown-up character of the kid in the beginning and oh. this kind of thing. So it's yes. what's interesting is like the um the fashion of it, like the costumes. I read something about it actually because they look sort of modern and it's set in like so the I think it's like the 1940s to begin with and then yeah. moving on to 19 late 50s, 60s. 70s maybe even no maybe not 70s but like (laughs) (laughs) they look like some of the things that tom holland wears for example look like what you'd wear now but like i read about it and they said that in the american south like in like the proper like deep south part they (laughs) kind of like it hasn't just the standard look of what a man would look like then has not evolved that much to now and so that is why it it was really difficult for them to try and distinguish it because it hasn't actually changed that much which you think is really weird yeah but is is that not a metaphor for attitudes etc yeah oh i'm not it's a well-known fact that I like to enjoy an offbeat comedy, but however, <laughs> this does sound very enticing. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. About it's offbeat the... for sure. Not sure about there's oh, no comedy. Okay. There. <laughs> I'm intrigued by the um, multiple timeline thing. Mm. I do love a good. Oh, also there is an amazing. You know Robert Pattinson with his accents at the moment. And have you you know about this right? In every film that he does, he just seems to do a weird, different accent, and it becomes like a big Twitter trend. And but he's doing an American, a Southern American one, and this, and there's just a bit where he goes, "Delusions," like that, and it's really funny. Uh, so watch out for that part. Have you ever seen actually? This is a side note. Um, Knives Out. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I do declare. Yeah. There right. has been a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> one why is your southern accent kind of comically great um but also was um daniel craig's accent good or bad i could not tell i feel like that it's what mine was then it's comically great it's like not necessarily 100 percent accurate but it's but it is enough that it's fine mm. and also funny kind of okay. taking a piss yeah I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> That's what 
in the mindset of Daniel Craig, I'm sure that's what he was going for. <laughs> yeah. So what's this film called again? The Devil All the Time. The Devil All the Time. Well, I'm probably going to watch it, actually. Maybe tomorrow night. Ooh. Very nice. <laughs> Put it in my diary. <laughs> um... So I actually haven't been watching all that much, except from, I have been watching something, but nothing that I want to discuss in great detail, because I've just been binging New Girl. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, but what I have, I've finished, um, I don't know when I finished it, maybe a week or so ago, such a fun age that I was talking about a while ago, about how I thought, this is a book by oh, Kelly yeah. Reed. Oh, yeah. That I was like, the opening is incredible, like I've never read anything like it, etc, etc. I've finished it now. Can confirm it is a knockout of a book. So, so good. Um, it, well, for one, it's like so topical in the fact that it's about race, but it tackles race in a way that is not like what's the word that um i keep on seeing that i've never really considered before which is really important when talking about race it's like when a white person is made to be like the sort of savior white savior maybe that's the thing have you heard that yeah it's it's not that at all it's like actually tells the story of like a black lady and um but it's told by from two not by two um narrators it's like told from an omnipotent is that the word omnipotent and what the hell does that mean like an all-seeing narrator however oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. it tells it from the two sides alex is the boss amira is the babysitter of her children so it tells the um sort of stories of these two ladies but obviously they intertwine these are two characters that are together throughout and it's sort of like interesting in the way that you I think as a white reader especially how I'm like very at the start I'm like oh Alex is this great um feminist boss ass woman but then it sort of unravels and it's this whole like trying to do the best thing but being selfish and thinking of yourself first and other people I I just think it's really makes you think of like where your moral compass is who you're really trying to protect who you're not and then the book ends with just this like badass scene that just left me like gasping at how like sassy but also like shocking the scene was so if that made any sense to anyone (laughs) that is what the book that is my synopsis of the book it's just i think it's very good in terms of questioning your own sort of yeah like moral compass and what is right what is wrong who are you really trying to help and it's really interesting questions to ask yourself or to look at other people you know and stuff like that it's it's different but really great and very entertaining as well. Like, apart from it being really powerful, it's a fun book to read. So, yeah. <laughs> there you I'm, go. I'm going to read it. You've sold it to me. Did it make... Did my synopsis make any sense? Though? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. because you don't want to give too much away. You know? No, see, this is the thing. I hate giving spoilers, but I want to give an essence of the book. <laughs> so that's you've my. That. You've given an essence. There's the essence. So, so good. Um, have you <laughs> so, watched anything else? Um, I'm rewatching Normal People again. <sighs> I told you this, and you were like, I don't think I'm an emotionally stable enough to do that. I don't think I can do it like. <laughs> I actually didn't follow Paul Mescal on Instagram for a long time because I was like, I can't <laughs> put myself through seeing this man on my newsfeed regularly because he's too too much. <laughs> too I'm sorry, the beautiful. seriousness of your face right now, I wish people could see it. It's also in my face, which is covered in a face mask. That is yeah, she looks like crusty. Shrek currently. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds real harsh, but that is how I actually describe myself. Because the lighting in this room is real rank and I gremlin-like. Get out of my swamp. This is not how I would like to meet Paul Mescal in my current state. (laughs) I'm sad he didn't win the Emmy. Who did win the Emmy? I think it's Mark Ruffalo, but to be fair, I don't think I'd seen any of the other things that nominees were for, so I don't know who was deserving. Honestly... Paul Mescal for the scene with the counsellor, therapist, whatever. Mm. Nothing has rocked me like that. Yeah, and even, like, you always think about, like, the big emotional scenes are the reasons why people get nominated for awards and stuff, but, like, just re-watching it the whole way through, it's, like, that kind of, like, reserved... Reserved acting that's kind of how people actually are, how when Mm. you just don't say things and how you just sort of, like look like you might you're gonna say something and then you don't or like you'd kind of the uncomfortableness of it he does so well and the actual writing of the show was amazing i think sally rooney was involved wasn't she yeah i think so but you should rewatch it emma because it it hits just as hard the second time and you don't find that a lot in in films usually but i think in tv shows they can be quite hard to Rewatch, especially considering I only watched the it originally like a couple of months ago. Do you not think that that the whole series felt like an extended film? Yeah, it didn't feel like. Well, it's less so like a normal like dramatic TV series where you have like a big entry and a big exit every episode kind of thing. Yeah, that's like that hooking point. Whereas this kind of just like is. Yeah, it's like you've just paused the film Flows and then along. gone back in. and Yeah. Because mm. I, I do think there's a lot of shows you watch and there's, like, something about the plot line that keeps you going. For me, it's usually a romantic relationship <laughs> uh, bubbling away. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, it's going to happen in the next one. The Will next they, won't they? <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, but, no, yeah, that one is... Yeah, I... I more like a film because it hasn't got you're right mm. the big do you know what it's like it's like a book and it is a book so that yeah that's sense. weird that <laughs> <laughs> but it's like reading a chapter and then put, mm. putting it down for a, a day and then picking it up again or whatever it flows the same way yeah do you know what i feel like as well about normal people is it's one of the shirts and it not because of the same on they're not but like sex education that i wish we'd have had and we're only 21 now but when we're a bit younger yeah 
because it's, sure. it's just the sort of thing that's like more realistic and more I think yeah. it shows the the flawed nature of humans as well as like the beautiful moments we have <laughs> and like the whole like when Connell says are you okay like do you want to shag but he doesn't say shag obviously <laughs> she's like yeah I'm fine um hey, that's good stuff that Even, kids need to see. Also, I just watched the episode where she, like, um, their friend asks to have a threesome with them and he's, like, super uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. And and so she, but then afterwards she's like, I would have if you'd have wanted to. And then he gets, like, kind of like, oh, because he's like, she says, if it would have made you happy, I would have enjoyed mm. it because it would have made you happy. And then he's like, you shouldn't do things you don't want to do just to make me happy. I think that's something that a lot of maybe teenage girls need to learn. Not even just, like, in terms of, like, sexual stuff or whatever, but generally there's that whole thing about you feel like you you sort of do things that you wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with, but you reason with yourself that you are because you want to make somebody else happy, which is a really stupid thing to do, really, and you shouldn't ever feel like you have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't explored all that often. No. So, yeah, there's just so much about it that just echoes real life, which is, you know, you don't always want to see a mirror image of real life when you're watching something, but sometimes it is nice and it is refreshing. And, yeah. Yeah. Also, that just made me think, I didn't realise that in India, Mullen... Yeah, she lives with... Paul Maskell, isn't she? Not what I was going to say, but uh, right. I think so, that they do. But she <laughs> does photography, and yeah. like she shot some of the stuff for Paul Maskell recently. Yeah. And it was amazing. Because I was like, whoa. I think that's because they live together. Yeah. Uh, because it was in lockdown. Oh, uh, right, okay, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, I thought, it's good. I thought, I saw it and I was like, oh, she's just taking these photos for him, but they're real good and then I looked through a page and it's something she does she is actually a photographer and I saw it's real cool love seeing some female photographers um uh, okay and I'm gonna can this be my final thing before we get onto the topic because it's gonna segue on (laughs) (laughs) just to lay that out for everyone (laughs) Um, so I recently watched it maybe was last week now bloody lost on days honestly anyway Extinction The Facts presented by Hero of the Nation David Attenborough <laughs> I nearly didn't get out Attenborough, Attenborough. Then. It came out really weird <laughs> um, which yes was on BBC will be on BBC iPlayer and much like the whole blue planet thing and the plastic it was one of those um it's like an hour long where david was telling us the facts about um basically our world going to shit um and it was very powerful very interesting um they touched on a lot of things um some of it being um about like extinction of animals and um talking a lot about the lack of well like how um 
environments and habitats are being lost and as well as that like biodiversity is being lost um etc etc i don't it it's something that should be watched to understand all the facts because my relaying of them are is feeble (laughs) but one thing and it, it went on about um pandemics and stuff as well which was really interesting um about future disease etc but one thing as well they went on to talk about um is consumerism um and that's that effect on the planet basically how you know things being made etc is uses energy which is detrimental to the planet our planet our beautiful planet Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so i thought with that segue um about consumerism and with it being secondhand september we Mm. would chat a bit about secondhand stuff things and yes um which i think that i really love talking about this um like secondhand shopping is one of my personal favorite things in the world so same yeah let's let's get on into it so my first question to you mizzy and discussion mm-hmm. is so the way you shop now you know, if you're looking for anything like say <laughs> if you you wanted a new jumper would something on your brain be that i want this to be secondhand i think i don't know if it's like more an active thought like that i wouldn't But I think most of the shopping channels that I do now is like I would go to a charity shop or I'd go on Depop before I would do anything else. And if I can't find anything on those things but I want something or need something or whatever, then then I might go... To be honest, I don't really shop that often now because I have no money. (laughs) So that's (laughs) the issue. But, yeah. It's like, it's an important thing. Like, and I want to know that most of the shopping things that I do does come from those things and not from like high street retail like fast fashion stuff or whatever but I don't I don't think I actively think oh I specifically want this to be second hand no yeah why what about you I think maybe more recently um I, I mean I do buy things new but more recently, I've tried to swap my fashion to fully secondhand, pretty much. I don't, can't really remember the last time I bought something new. And I think that's more from a, and this is kind of like a bit of a personal thing because I buy so much fashion because I have a passion for fashion. I, <laughs> I think I, I sort of felt like even if I thought the brand maybe was okay and doing sort of bits towards being um eco-friendly or ethical whatever really i i my thought process is if it's already out in the world me reusing it is surely the one so i would prefer to do that first that's sort of a shift i've made more recently when when did you sort of start shopping secondhand and stuff i don't know actually i think 
probably well when I was a, a teenager I fucking hated going shopping like it was um like a chore for my mum to get me to go to the shops and buy anything because I just hated it which is not very like a girl apparently but literally the other day we had gone round um Bronte needed to get some clothes for her new job so we were going around the shops and I literally went in one shop and then I was being all like moody and stuff and I was like I've got shopping fatigue and she's like I know I can tell (laughs) you're like a teenage boy when we do this um but I think I always enjoyed shopping in charity shops whereas I didn't Mm. enjoy shopping in in normal shops I don't know why that is actually maybe it's it's smaller so it's less time consuming (laughs) me yeah don't have to be in there too much um so I reckon I probably started when I was like definitely was doing that in sixth form probably before but I can't really remember that well my mum always liked shopping in charity shops like one of her favorite pastimes is going to a charity charity shopping and then going to a cafe that's like what we do that's like a perfect day I know um yeah when did you start doing it? I don't probably like back end of sixth form, but I I feel like for a long time I was, and you know this is very privileged to be even speaking like oh I buy second hand just because I want to not because mm. it's all I can afford. But I think for a long time I I sort of thought well what I like I don't want second hand things like it sort of felt like um like a dirty like you didn't want what someone else had already had which is so weird because whenever like you go charity shopping most of the time it's all in good quality uh good condition and it's like really good quality stuff um it's also like when you go to a normal um retailer like people have tried those clothes on before you're not the first person to have them so I mean, not the same as somebody, like, living a life with them kind of thing. Yeah. But still, you just wash your clothes and they're brand new. It's kind of the point. Yeah. I do feel like there's been a change in the way people sort of... I think Depop's really helped with this as well, people yeah. viewing secondhand clothing. Because I think maybe five years ago, whatever, unless it was marked as vintage, that was a quotation mark on vintage... Yeah. People were sort of like, well, it's just old clothes. When I just, I think I'm realizing um, how, imp- well, there's a lack of, but how important a circular economy is for this sort of thing. How th- stuff, l- things, clothes, whatever, have a shelf life past when people are sick of them. And someone yeah. else can find joy in that. But people have always done that, like, antique sh- um, shops. Vintage <laughs> shops. Yeah, vintage shops, car boot sales. Shops. Yeah, th- there's always been people and there's always selling it and people wanting to buy it. But I do feel like it's becoming a lot more mainstream. Well, it's become really it cool. became quite, like, a hipster thing, didn't it? Especially when yeah. we were in sixth form, I'd say, was when it's... So um, how, that was like five years ago, was it? When we were in sixth form? Excuse me. So four or five Probably. years ago. I think. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and that was around the era that I would say 
I would pinpoint when there was like a shift in that stuff because I think that was when around when Depop got big. Yeah, I remember hearing about it then. Because like, people used to make a lot of money out of Depop as well. From like people would do the thing where they would buy stuff to specifically to sell them, not just because they had it to sell. Yeah, which I'm sure people still do now, but. Um, yeah, I don't know what my point was. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, I think totally lost it. What we're getting out there is that it it has become more of a mainstream way of buying clothes. Um, yeah, but then I think it also tied up with like the economic state of the country or whatever. Is that a lot of people had to shop in charity shops and stuff, and so that also probably elevated that thing but I think in a way whilst it's a good thing like buying things second hand it's also made a lot of charity shops and stuff more expensive which mm. is good for the charity but bad for the people who actually need who, yeah. who need to shop there to buy stuff because they can't afford it so it has like it's as everything does pros and it's, yeah cons. It, it can't just be looked at as this like oh i want to buy second hand it is also mm. like a a way that people who haven't got a lot of money literally afford to dress themselves so and also i think in response to the fact that more people are doing that um like fast fashion retailers have made their clothes cheaper which seems good but then you know that that means that they're probably not paying their workers well <laughs> at yeah. all um and so you kind of have it's always like when you have like a surge of something that's supposed to be a good thing it, you don't always see the like underlying things then that ha- like has effects on the things because when you live in a capitalist society that's how it works like it's competition so they have to respond to, to see the um other side of the fashion industry so that they can survive so but obviously ultimately secondhand um consumer consumerism is better one of the things they sort of highlighted in this show was the fact that um not that how industry and how people's jobs etc are probably going to change in the coming years because so many industries that employ people currently are just basically destroying the planet in differing ways be that animal agriculture or like fast fashion and stuff but as a knock-on effect that's probably going to mean like the high street for example is not going to be what it once was with if fast fashion retailers etc do shut down what's going to be left in the high street like because in my head i think if what people are probably wanting more than anything from the high street is going to become like a leisure area rather than for shopping like could it be that our high streets turn into and this is my dream personally (laughs) just one big cafe (laughs) i mean maybe in a way that sort of is happening anyway because there's already 
the high streets are under threat by the shopping centres because when you move all when you so for example in Oxford they built a, a shopping centre called Westgate mm. um, when I moved here um, so twenty seventeen I think and it was there was loads of stuff in the newspapers and blah 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 about how it was going to be really detrimental to the actual high street because all of the shops that are in the high street a lot of them moved into the shopping center which left loads of places vacant and what i've noticed is most of the shops that are in the high street now are cafes restaurants or just things like boots or something (laughs) you know like a pharmacist or um all the really, really, really expensive shops, like boutique things, mm. which potentially is how, like if you're going out for like dinner or going to a cafe or something, that tends to be the type of person who's going to go to the more, not necessarily, but the bougie <laughs> shops or whatever, because you're going to spend a lot of money, essentially. Yeah. It's a specific day out. Whereas the shopping centres are more like got everything in it and you're just going to shop I guess yeah I I think it's interesting like whether maybe shopping centres like that even will begin to see shops close because as much as like we discuss the whole fast fashion thing and wanting to buy second hand more um, and things like this David Attenborough documentary highlighted how con- like rampant consumerism is so detrimental to the environment. Like, will will it be enough to shut down some of these shops or change? Or maybe not shut them down because I'm not like but make them it. change. Yeah, but then well, I think already that is a thing. Like, I do. I think like what? Well. I was in Marks and Spencer's the, the other day and I've got a label here that says mm. responsibly sourced cotton. And so a lot of things have like, that they're, like, they're specifically making more efforts to be more sustainable or eco-friendly kind of thing, a lot of shops because they can't afford to not be anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You will be chasing. Oh my god, you need to keep all that in. Yeah, um, please keep that in. That's so funny. For reference, my mother Tracy just walked in and created a ruckus. No <laughs> Absolute <reason>. chaos. Chaos <laughs> ensued. Um, in response to your MS chat, <laughs> I did like. I do think of course a business wanting like responsibly source cotton nice however Mm. when you go into an m&s there is it's full to the rafters with stuff isn't it yes like there is so much flipping stuff (laughs) and that's what i can't wrap my head around and how i can't see how these companies are going to be able to carry on if we want our planet to survive because that's just too much stuff yeah because it's also 
when you think about it, it's like how it's made and the amount of yeah, the amount of energy or the amount of water that you're using to make all that stuff and they are gonna make like in a boutique shop or an eco friendly shop or a charity shop or whatever, you don't have the same like massive level of um like stuff that's going into it. I don't know what the word is, how to explain it, but it's like they they're gonna have an overflow of stock in massive stock in yeah. places like M and S, and they're not gonna sell it all off. And then they'll do a sale, and they're still not gonna sell it all off. But they're gonna ha- have already made like more than they need because it, it's better to have more than you need than not enough kind of thing. Yeah, and that's already the problem before you've even got people into the shop. Yeah, and it, one it baffles me because I can't even comprehend how much stuff there is in the shop like one that it's just too much like to to clarify too much stuff um (laughs) but two when there's all that stuff but then you knowing that every single person and obviously this is every single person who has like a wardrobe full of clothes not every single person because people some people just can't even think about clothes whatever but when you've got a wardrobe full of clothes and then you just know that like I'm, I'm not shitting on M&S M&S is probably one of the better shops ever but you know there's high streets full of more clothes like there's just so much being produced when there's already so much in the world mm. it's like replacing something that doesn't need replacing yeah. we're just gonna be the world will just be like the floor covered in t-shirts within the next 10 years that's how i see it do you know what i was just thinking then what if um going back to the high street thing Mm. if shopping centers essentially came like became like what supermarkets are so it would just be like one massive shop and then you would have like all brands in one place Mm instead of having loads of different shops that's kind of irrelevant to the thing but i just was thinking about that and was like (laughs) i wonder if that will happen because i mean that's essentially what happened you would have your green grocers and your butchers and your bakers blah 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 and they've all come into one thing but with loads of different brands on and people making them and whatever in one supermarket and you can't imagine now not going to the supermarket, like going specifically individually to the butchers, the bakers, the green grocers, and whatever else to get all your stuff. Like that would take so much fucking time. But anyway, <laughs> just a thought for the yeah, that, how things could go. That's sort of like a um, department store, though, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, but like if if you had a full shopping a full center. shopping center that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't expect. I, I do get what you're on about. With just one, you have a a top a shop aisle, a H and M aisle, a Zara. You know. Yeah. And it was just like that. Maybe that would be better then, because then you would have far less stuff. Yeah. Because if you only get an aisle, that's all you get. Yeah. You know. But I think one thing I always think, and I, um, because I think the worry is when you when you want an industry to sort of change is that well doesn't that affect like 
a whole industry's worth of jobs, whatever. And it does, obviously, but I just struggle to sympathise greatly with that when forever and ever business and industry has had to change for all different things. Mm. And we've sort of settled into this the way the world is right now but then just trying to amplify it more and more so instead of like we decided that shopping is something we need to do and then it's just become bigger and bigger and bigger instead of evolving i don't know it just seems weird well do you not find sometimes so that also what you said earlier about having a passion for fashion kind of thing mm. directly kind of opposes your wish for a more like sustainable world in that sense because the reason yes, that there is such a massive <laughs> um, I, I consumerism is because of hypocrite. yeah but like <laughs> that that's what where things become like complicated because it's mm. like fashion is more than just physically the clothes it's yeah. about you know, self-expression or whatever but it's kind of and that's not a bad thing but the problem is now we've got ourselves into a situation where something has to change and you can like have to kind of like when you think about it you don't need you do not need to have the correct seasonal fashion or whatever or whatever you know what I mean you and... say that Missy but <laughs> you do for your mental health but <laughs> um what the other interesting thing is I was kind of having this debate with one of my housemates recently about how um how whether th- like the process of change and mm. how quickly it should be done and like specifically with this environmental thing mm. I personally feel like it's a more like it's a time sensitive issue and things yeah. need to change quickly but she was saying that it needs the problem with that is like extreme change usually does far more damage than it does good because people need time to adjust to stuff and Mm. and it's also like there are things that we probably don't understand about governments and business and blah 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 in that in terms of like people's jobs and stuff as well of how overturning all those things you can't really do it quickly without it massively disrupting yeah it's it's probably well it definitely is a lot like um say uh eating plant-based it it's probably why do i keep on saying probably it's very helpful (laughs) if every single person decided to eat one meal a week without meeting yeah like the demand would go down like it would be a massive change but not so much that it would be jarring to the whole economy or whatever Mm. and the same could be said for secondhand purchases be that clothes be that furniture etc if one person like if 
for a wedding, not that anyone's getting married now, you decided to go to a charity shop to buy the dress versus buying a new one, mm. that would be so much more helpful than a couple of people only buying secondhand stuff. Yeah. Like, if it just became more normal to have things in your home that weren't new. Yeah. And stuff But then like that. the problem is still that whilst I agree with that and I think that's how it should go, it it's still, like, the disruption of, like, when we were talking about those shops closing down or whatever, it isn't just those shops closing down. It's It's all those people's that they employ, it's all their jobs, and not even just the people in the, st- the shop that they employ, it's the people who make the clothes, it's the people who design the clothes, it's all, like, there's all, like a lot of different Do you not think layers to those. That happens in business all the time. This, this is what, like, say Blockbuster, for example, Yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. And all the people who used to make the DVDs, who used to sell the DVDs, used to, I don't know, whatever Blockbuster did, don't have a job anymore. Netflix does that now. And it's like there's this whole thing when, when an industry creates a change, it's fine. And they have to, they go along with it and they change with it or whatever. But if it's come from us, then... Yeah, it's like wrong. It's like why you... Dictating disrupting the people's lives people's work and yeah it true things always change and it is annoying that people's jobs are affected in that or anything like that but it will happen for the positive and the negative so yeah surely it'd be better if it was for a positive change that people believed in rather than just yeah i don't know well like business will always evolve I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree sense? with that. Wait, the thing is, it is as with all these things we talk about, it's a complex issue, and it's like what whilst like when you re- really like, like obviously we're both quite into like sustainability and environmental stuff, and you want to see like the end goal of the change thing, but it's like. It, it becomes so much more than just that issue and it, that's what why, why it probably is such a bloody big thing to sort out and why not it happens so slowly is because it isn't just the actual problem it's like the everything else that has to be considered along with it and if you're right if it if it's coming from us from people then businesses, big companies, whatever, they don't want to be dictated to. Because they like to do that thing where they let you believe that you're dictating what they make or whatever. Mm. You're the consumer-informed product, blah, blah, blah. But it isn't. Like, they decide what you like is what the difference is. It's all bloody propaganda. <laughs> Power to the people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Took the word right out of my mouth. <laughs> What are our closing statements? Um, well, everybody go out and enjoy secondhand September and buy some things secondhand and don't go to 
fast fashion yeah i i think i guess actually oh no this is what i wanted to say did i yeah (laughs) so yeah what second hand september yeah i think it's a good way if you're not already interested in it or considered buying second hand much that to maybe make a little change if you're gonna buy something new or that you want something consider getting it second hand because it might actually be really fun way nicer than what you thought you're gonna get different exciting all of the above and this is what i was gonna say about the david attenborough thing i would recommend watching but i do as much as i think it's great for getting the message out it is a bit of an annoying one that it, it gives all these idealistic um sort of well it sort of gives the problems and the solutions but they're so much bigger than maybe what each person can do or that could be implemented straight away so i think it's a great way of educating yourself or uh understanding or broadening your horizons sort of of the topic but it's not necessarily the be all and end all of the conversation or this something that can actually solve the problem either yeah it's just suggestions and maybe food for thought um yeah that's yeah that's yeah that's yeah i actually (laughs) my brain is so asleep right now yeah i'm pretty tired it's scary it stopped working (laughs) um and with that the the death of my brain (laughs) (laughs) i i stuttered I did ask. Did yes. Okay. Right. So that was our chat on sort of secondhand September. A little, I don't know, a, a little um, thought about maybe the future of the way we shop or the industry that is shopping and consumerism. Um, exciting yeah. topic. And also, I'm Sorry. assuming secondhand September is not just about you going out and buying stuff, it's also about you going out and selling things yourself, so you make yourself yeah, a little yeah. bit of money. Yeah. If you've got some that. old clothes you don't want anymore, whatever, go and put it on default. You sound like go an advert meter. for that spock. <laughs> spock. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> We're getting paid by spock yeah. for this. This is an advert. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a topic much like all the things we talk about that we could talk about more, more in depth. Mm. Might be fun actually to do a, a chat on like tips for shopping secondhand. Ooh, yeah. Because I like to think I'm a secondhand shopping queen. <laughs> actually, on my Instagram, I just posted a picture of some vases I bought I saw that. to put herbs in. So nice, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. like the caption too. Yeah. <laughs> Check out my Instagram, Instagram to see what we're talking about. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think, yeah, we need to stop talking now. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Yeah. We will see you in the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>